Welcome to the Mustang Owners Podcast. And now your host, John Cooley. Hello, Mustang fans, and welcome to another Ford Performance Edition of the Mustang Owners Podcast. I'm your host, John Clore, and as the Enthusiast Communications Manager for Ford Performance, I hope that you are reading my efforts in the Enthusiast section of FordPerformance.com every week. And as always, my co-host is Mustang Hobby Guru Mike Ray, who also happens to be the president of Moxum, which is the Mustang Owners Club of Southeastern Michigan. And Mike, I think we've done it yet again. Another one of our close friends in the hobby. Uh, we can't say for many, many years because this guy is just a young whippersnapper. But we've got, we have got a wonderful guest tonight, and it's going to be great talking about one of your biggest challenges in the Mustang Club world, and that is how to get young people involved. The number one concern, and I would definitely, you know, go out on a limb here and say that that is the number one concern for every club uh, in the country right now. And uh, number one on their hit list is how do we get the younger people involved? And uh, Bradley's uh, trying to work on that for us. Well, he sure is. And so, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to introduce Bradley Belcher. Bradley, welcome to our podcast. Mike, John, thanks for having me. Well, we, we had to have you because um, you've really became a superstar. Uh, you know, you thought you were just going to get into the hobby and build your car and come to shows with your dad and have some fun. But um, you started hanging out with certain people and then things started happening. And before you know it, now uh, you've got yourself your own club. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, in case you don't know this, Bradley Belcher is the founder and the president of the Millennial Mustang Registry which Bradley, um, you've got more than a few owners from more than a few states. Yeah, um, last I checked, we were up to about uh, 536 uh, members. Uh, we are in almost every state. There are a few we're still working on. Um, and we're in about, I believe, eight countries on three different continents. Well, <laughs> so Mike, there goes the Ford idea that young people don't like Mustangs. Exactly. And Bradley, let's let's work on those states you don't have yet. They, they, you, uh, <laughs> we'll put those on our dartboard and uh, make them happen. <laughs> well, Sounds great. Bradley, let's uh, let's go to the beginning here. Uh, I mean, I met you just a few years ago, uh, back when you were still a teen. No, um, I went when to was the, that? When did we meet you, Bradley? You, I was at the, um, the show in Buffalo at Niagara Falls when I first met you. Right, Bradley? Yeah, I believe that was 2016. Wow. Six years already. Wow. What the heck happened? Uh, anyway, so I come upon this absolutely fabulous jet black, uh, gorgeous 65 fastback with red stripes and this custom interior and just beautiful wheels. And I see this gentleman, and I say, oh, that's a great car you have, sir. And he goes, that's not my car. And I was talking to your dad, Michael, and he, he looked at you, Bradley. So that's Bradley's car. And you know what, Brad, I'm sorry. Let me apologize now. I thought he was kidding, but then you and you came up very confidently and we spent some time and you told me your story. I was honestly blown away. And if you'll remember that night that was at the next night at the award ceremony, um, I instantly got you in part of my, my inner circle of cool stories. And I think we just took off from that moment. 
yeah that uh that sounds about right that car show was uh that show was a pivotal moment in my career in the mustang hobby and um it's been amazing ever since and all the friends that i've gotten to make as a result including both of you guys it's uh i didn't know that one show could make that much of a difference well that wasn't mike mike he he had the car at another show and it wasn't yours you wasn't that <laughs> wasn't that new york show that your second show bradley uh, I've been to some local car shows, uh, but the the show up in Buffalo was my first real big all Mustang show that I'd gone to. Well, Bradley, you know, I when John first told me about you and they said, Mike, you got to meet this kid. He's great. Um, you know, just amazing thing for the hobby. I was very, very excited. And I think that's when first time we came up is when I was at Roush Performance and you came up and gave you a tour and, and started talking about there and everything's grown from there. But guys, if you guys, uh, if you haven't met Bradley yet, you definitely need to. I can tell you from my experience in the Mustang world, he is, for being so young too, the most mature, the most well-spoken, the most professional there is in the industry. And he's at such a young age. And, um, if everybody could just be like you, Bradley, it'd be awesome. But, um, you're doing all the right things, going, taking all the right turns, and uh, just keep going because what you're doing is awesome. I appreciate that, Mike. Thank you. That means a lot. Well, Mike, well tell us, Bradley. Um, a lot of people don't know how you accidentally uh, wound up in the Sabi, but you started off way younger than being a teenager working on a 65 Fastback. Why don't you share with our listeners uh, how you got involved in all this? Absolutely. Um, I jokingly tell people that um, – I was a Mustang enthusiast and a Mustang lover before I was born. Um, Mustang is quite literally in my blood. My dad has had his 69 um, red convertible Mustang um, for longer than I've been alive. Uh, and so I grew up in the backseat of that from a young age. I uh, would go to car shows with my dad and I had a pedal car that matched his Mustang. So he'd pull it out and I would clean my pedal car as he would clean his at car shows. Um, so I grew up around Mustang. And when I turned 12, um, I asked my dad, I said, hey, what's my Mustang going to be? Because I knew without a doubt, I was going to have a Mustang. So he and I agreed to restore one together, as long as I did as much of the work as possible, and paid for half of the car and half of everything um, we did to it. So we decided to split it. The, the first step was he handed me his Mustang book, because he knew a 12, 13-year-old um, the first one that I would see, that's it. That's the one I have to have. So he made me pick the year and body style and what I wanted. Uh, the only stipulation was I had to stay out of the Shelby section because I wasn't going to have a Shelby before he did. <laughs> um, so I fell in love with the 65 fastback. It was just a beautiful car. And so we started, uh, looking around at auctions and we ended up buying, um, what is now my car. And it was just a shell rolling chassis. There were two at that auction that we were looking at. One was running, driving, just needed some love. And one had no engine, no transmission, no interior, truly just a rolling chassis. Uh, the first one that was running went for more than I had. So we ended up buying uh, the shell and went from there. Uh, rebuilt the engine at 14 years old with um, a retired gentleman, re local retired gentleman sitting next to me in a lawn chair telling me bolt by bolt how to do it. Um, and we did the entire car like that over about a four and a half, five year restoration process um, before I started 
taking it to shows. Wow. Uh, I have to ask you a question. Everyone that hears the story stops you right around here and says, well, wait a minute, As it, why wouldn't you have gravitated towards maybe a Fox body or an SN95? What was it for such a young person to go after the first gen? Hmm. Um, well, I grew up in a first gen, so they had a special place in my heart already. Um, but I just fell in love with the lines and Gail Holderman's original design for the car um, and just fell in love with the classic original Mustang look um, that everybody loves. And all future Mustangs have paid homage to um, and everything keeps being based off of just that true original Mustang that captured the entire spirit of the drivers. Well, what was it like when you first met Gail Halderman? Well, Gail was, Gail was absolutely incredible. Um, it was an honor to meet him and get to know him. The, the first time I met him, I mean, he was willing to, you know, talk and tell stories and it was incredible to have him sign my car. Um, and over the next few years, um, got to develop a, a great friendship with him um, and learn even more. Um, it was it was really a sad thing when when he passed not too long ago. That was a true loss for the hobby. And I'm just fortunate enough to have the honor of getting to spend some time with him and getting to know him and hear some of his stories. Mike, you have to you'll think back when um, Gail came to Mustang Memories, and Mike, you afforded Mr. Halderman uh, to drive around in a golf cart and pick his favorite of you know five, six, seven, eight hundred, nine hundred thousand. I don't know how many Mustangs you had at that show that year when Gail's first year, and you called it the Gail Halderman Award. And wasn't it spectacular to know that of all the cars you had there, Mike, in in Dearborn at World Headquarters? Of all those cars, he picked Bradley Belcher's 65 Fastback. Yep. And, uh, yeah, that was definitely uh, one of the bigger shows that we've had. And um, it was such an honor. And I remember telling him that we were naming the the Best of Show Award after him and all that. And, uh, yeah, for him to pick Bradley's, I mean, that was the first one. And um, I'm sure Bradley will say always the best one. Absolutely. To me, there's no – I'm actually looking at the award right now. Um to me, there is there is no greater honor um, than to have my car picked out of, I believe at that show, it was a thousand or maybe even just over a thousand yep. Mustangs yep. and cars. And for Gail to pick mine as his favorite and best of show, the original designer of the Mustang to pick mine, there's, to me, there is no higher honor. Um, and there are details on my car and modifications that, um, that were made that Gail is the only person that has walked up to the car and noticed some of those changes without them having to be pointed out. Which that is, is absolutely, just incredible. there would be nobody better for that, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, that's not the end of the story, ladies and gentlemen. And then, you know, with, uh, with Bradley's dad, Michael, uh, involved in the hobby as well in the Mustang Club of America and, and going to local shows and regional shows and going all over the country um, we became friends and we started talking. And then at the time, Mike, I was working for one of your buddies, uh, some guy named Henry Ford III. Uh, when I was at uh, the Ford Performance Office there, he was my supervisor. 
And I remember him saying something like, well, John, you know, you've got the wrong hair color and our, our marketing is going to be turned towards millennials. And so, you know, I'm not sure about, you know, you going forward. And I said, millennials, I said, I know more millennials than anybody in this office. I had two of them living in my basement. And he, he laughed. I said, no, listen, you, okay. As you got to meet Bradley Belcher, tell us about this really cool logo and how you started that up and how it, it who's number one in that club? Is it you? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I founded the Millennial Mustang Registry. Uh, it's completely free to join for any Mustang owners born between the mid 80s to early 2000s. So trying to target that specific age group um, and demographic to show that millennials truly do love Mustang, but um, additionally to have a club that is run and tailored specifically for um, that age group. So when it came down to doing the logo, um, I didn't want to just do letters. Um, nothing wrong with that, but I wanted something a little bit more. And what better than to take the image of the original style 65 um, Mustang gas cap, where it would say Ford Mustang on the top and bottom and have the tri-bar um, the tri-bar pony in it, uh, redid that so that the lettering MMR is in the center. And then it says Millennial Mustang Registry around the circle. And our tagline at the bottom is um, fueling Mustang's future um, because the, the millennial generation is the current and future of Mustang. Um, so what better way to represent um, the club than tying in the original um, the originality of Mustang and that iconic gas cap that was brought back as a faux gas cap in future generations. What, what better way to was embody it, the club know, than that? That was genius. It kind of, it kind of bridges the generations. And then I remember um, you trying to get this thing jump started and trying to make a statement with more than just, you know, virally or social media. And I remember when you told me you and your dad went out and produced uh, a video millennials and their Mustangs. Uh, and I remember Mike, when I said, you've got to have Bradley come to a Moxa meeting and show this video. Bradley's it like a 20 minute or 30 minute video. Yeah. It's just over 20 minutes. Okay. So Mike, do you remember when he walked into the Moxa meeting and showed that video? Yep, absolutely. And then he also showed it in a Ford conference room, I believe, didn't he? Oh yeah. Oh, that was just the beginning when he showed it to us, but Everyone at the meeting, Bradley, was struck because Mike has had Mike. How long have you been president of Moxon? <laughs> Someone say too long. <laughs> um, I've been active in the club and on the board since 2005. Oh wow! So so you've had a lot of young people come and speak at our meetings, and you know they're they're very great kids. And but Bradley had was just different. He came in as a young person, but with passion and very professional and very poised and that movie it just changed so many people's opinions so you know bradley i hated to say this but when you said you know you got up there and the, some of the 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 longer standing members said oh brother you know what's he going to probably some little funny video but it was a it was funny because you used uh, a, a theme to try to break uh stereotypes if you will but Bradley, whatever gave you the idea to do the movie, and uh, what are your thoughts about how it was? It's been received. 
Um, so to give a little context for those that haven't seen it, um, it's basically a spinoff of Mythbusters that is stereotype busters. Um, and, and it basically takes the stereotypes against um, the millennial generation and how you know that generation doesn't like cars. Um, and it breaks down uh, those stereotypes. And it, um, it talks about, we talked to some, um, some more experienced uh, enthusiasts, uh, car enthusiasts, and talked through uh, the stigmas around millennials as, and as well as what the future is going to look like and what's needed for the hobby and everything along those lines and brings in some very interesting perspectives that a lot of people don't, don't consider. Um, but the, the main premise behind that was I can talk till I'm blue in the face and tell people that people my age truly do like cars, but it's not always believed, you know? Um, so I can, I can tell you as much as I want that I have over 500 people that love Mustang but there's something different when somebody closer to your age or in a profession or um, a mechanic or something like that explains the the stereotypes as well as the need for a younger generation. Um, and everybody I've shown it to, it's been really well received and it's kind of opened eyes to to some different perspectives and, oh, you know, I never, never thought about that or that point makes a lot of sense. Um, so it's been received really well and it was primarily to get the word out there and um, promote a younger generation in the hobby. Well, that's why Mike called <laughs> when I think they, you made the movie's debut at the Moxa meeting and that's the, a Mike Ray thing. He always wants to be the first. That's right. <laughs> you know, and the funny thing is, is so Craig Zygman, who's my, like I said, my right arm, he's one of the toughest critics out there, and he's not impressed very easily by anything. And I'll tell you what, since day one that he met Bradley, Bradley, he is your biggest fan still to this day. He cannot respect you more. He gives you praise and so many meanings that you don't even know about right now. He brings you up and uses you as an example constantly. Um, and it's all just because of who you are and how you present yourself and, and your cause and what you're doing and, and everything's a success. I appreciate that. Well, Bradley, I, I feel really guilty about uh, kind of putting a lot of work on you because I, because we pointed this out to a lot of our cohorts within Ford Motor Company, as well as um, Mike knows a lot of the other club presidents. And when I said, hey, Bradley, would you be willing to go show this movie and be a guest speaker at some other Mustang clubs? You very generously said yes, even though that uh, for some cost upon you, some travel costs and to be there at other club shows. And you were trying to get, you know, getting through college and all the effort you and your dad did on behalf of the Millennial Mustang Registry is much appreciated. But is that offer still around if you're available in the summer if some club really wanted you to come speak or you could do a Zoom meeting or maybe show this movie to get it out there? Is that something you would still want to interact with other clubs around the, the region? Oh, absolutely. Um, I love getting to network and work with other clubs to promote the love of Mustang. Um, you know, some people have the concept that you can only be a part of one club. Well, be a part of as many as you want. 
Um, so I, I would love to, if, if anybody ever needs, if it's close enough, I'll come out. If not, we can figure out something virtually. Well, I know you've been active. I've seen you at uh, Mustang Club of Indianapolis's show. I know you were down there with when Karen Mitchell was running the Show Me Mustang Club. You had a Millennial Mustang registry meet down there in St. Louis, I believe. And I mean, you've been very active that way. But ladies and gentlemen, you have to really uh, reach out. And uh, th this was such an impactful little video. I was just very pleased. And uh, Bradley, Mike's not just blowing smoke here. He... Um, we meet a lot of young people and we're still challenged to this day to try to um, engage at the level that you do. It's easier, I think, for you because they say, oh, my gosh, you're the guy that runs this. And you I see you at Carlisle. Um, you've had some pretty not, not only your 65 Fastback, which is one of the pristine cars on the hobby, but you've had some pretty cool cars on the Millennial Mustang Registry giveaway poster. One of them is probably the most expensive Mustang in the world. How did you get that car on your poster? Uh, yeah, so just being able to be at all these shows and uh, getting to interact with, um, you know, people like, you know, you, John, and Mike, and some other friends that I've made, you know, through you guys and through going to shows, um, I was able to meet uh, Sean Kiernan, the former owner of the Bullet Mustang. Uh, and Sean qualifies for the requirements of the club. Um, so Sean is a Millennial Mustang registry member. Um, and so Bullet um, was a part of the club. And so uh, we've done a few different uh, few different posters and one of them featured uh, the Bullet Mustang. <laughs> I gotta tell you, so they, the Bullet had somehow wound up at the Halderman Barn. I don't know, it was National Mustang Day last year or whatever. And yeah, I think it was. And Sean Kiernan shows up. And uh, Karen Holderman, you know, Gail loved you and your car, but Karen's uh, grabbed some of your posters. And the hottest thing there was having an MMR poster of Sean's original bullet signed by Sean Karen. And, and that, I mean, she was, they were flying out of there. I said, hey, take it easy. Those are collector items. I don't know if Bradley's got <laughs> any of those left. <laughs> but that's great marketing, Bradley. And Mike can tell you, um, Mike, when we come up, for 2023 now, and you go to the um, the Moxham Overnight and the Midwest Club Summit, again, the challenge is going to be the same. And Mike, do you have any specific views on uh, some of the inroads that we have to make like Bradley has made to, to get young people involved? How are you going to present that to the group? Yeah, you know, and uh, Bradley's always been a big part of that as well, um, attending the overnight with us in the summit. And uh, it, it's just a very, very big crucial piece for him to be there um, because we have, John, you know, 30 to 40 clubs that attend that. And to hear it from Bradley, I mean, I don't think any of us have any better insight on any of that than Bradley does. And, and when he presents, because that's, like I said, the biggest question, that's what all of us are all puzzled about. How do we do it? How, you know, and Bradley comes up with some great ideas and, um, you know, when we were still at World Headquarters pre-COVID, we started having a young adult section, and it's all because of working with Bradley and trying to get this created, where we had special parking for them, special discounted price to come into the show, special goodie bag, um, special rate to join the club. All that was focused just on the young adults, but all that was spurred from meeting Bradley and what he's trying to do and us trying to help with it and, uh, you know, and, and get on that bandwagon because... Every club needs to do it. Um, 
to keep it all going. We need, you need the younger group in there and to just keep these things going. And I, he is just a crucial part of so many clubs that he doesn't even realize. Bradley, did you see jaws drop when you presented at one of these summits that, you know, you, you told them some shocking news about people in your age group. You, you said something like, well, first of all, millennials don't want to get up at five o'clock in the morning. Come to the show. Show, Neither come, do I. Come to the show at 8 a.m., polish their car till three o'clock and go home with a plastic trophy. And when you said that, there were some people like, oh, I don't like this kid. Uh, this guy's, what's he talking about? But when you started talking about, hey, what's wrong with, you know, like a four o'clock uh, cars and uh, a gathering where you have some food trucks, some live music, you know, later you kick some tires, uh, you, you know, you don't have to, uh, there's no really awards. Maybe you do some GoPro video or you, you go to a bonfire people were looking at each other like, where did you get those ideas? And Bradley, if they have um, questions about what would make a cool event for their club, would you be willing to talk to some club presidents about, well, here's some ideas you could do. Would you share some of that? Because your members tell you what they like to do because you like to do it with them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, I've got some ideas and thoughts and things that I've heard from people about, you know, unique events that you could do specifically tailored to a younger generation, or just little things that you can do to tweak your current show to allow more of a younger generation to come in. Things that aren't difficult to do by any means and don't, shouldn't really upset anybody that are just little tweaks that'll promote a younger age group to attend. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to spill it right here. I know that the Mustang Owners Museum, uh, Steve Hall, Mike, has his own um, uh, Southeast Club Summit. Uh, he does have several clubs come to the museum, and we do have a Zoom meeting. So we got it. Bradley, I'm not sure if you've been involved with that. I know you're involved with Dan Eves, uh, Mustangs on a Mission, but and involved with Midwest Club Summit. But ladies and gentlemen, if you have a club or have uh, an idea of uh, trying to help your group get more young people Bradley, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Uh, email is the best way for me. Uh, it's millennialmustangregistry at gmail.com. Um, there's also a contact form on the website, which comes direct to my email as well. Uh, and the website is millennialmustangregistry.com. And that, that's so wonderful that you're willing to help out because, Mike, as you and I both know, the challenge is there. And I, I'm going to spill the beans right now, Bradley. Uh, for this year's set of summits uh, for clubs to talk about how to get young people involved, I'm going to share with you one of the questions I said to my own millennial son, Jeremy, who's got a SN95 04 Mustang. And I said to him, so what's it going to take to get you to come to the meeting? And he looked at me and he goes, what's the entertainment? <laughs> and when I said John Clore, he said, I'm not going. <laughs> no, but Bradley, that's going to be the challenge. I think we, Mike and I sat down, what was it, Mike, you said, if you have a hundred people at a club meeting and you can get 10 millennials to show up, that's one table. So that's 10% of that meeting then changes the demographic forever. And it's going to be the tricks of the trade on how we make the meetings more fun to get them to want to come out, have dinner with us and have some fun at these meetings rather than to be just business. Uh, yeah, John, and now, now just even talking about that, you know, I'm always thinking, and so I'll have to share something with you uh, off off here, but um, he just gave me some ideas for 2023 for Maxim. <laughs> That's because we're talking to Bradley Belcher. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, 
I, 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 I got a little meeting thing that we're going to have to do, and Bradley, oh, we'll, uh, we're going to have to pull you in. All right, so Bradley, uh, the first person that's going to contact you after this podcast is going to be some guy named John Clore, and we're going to ask you... <laughs> We're going to ask you how to make um, Mustang club meetings more fun for young people. And, uh, you know, that that's we, we just want to engage it at all levels. Not you had great ideas with car shows. And I know, Brad, you probably have your own, I don't know, favorite things to do. But other than did you get a chance, then be honest here. I know you're busy. You just got a house and you got a very busy job. But do you get a chance just to take your Mustang out and just cruise? Oh, absolutely. That's, you know, that's one of my favorite things is just being behind the wheel and the peace that I feel there. Um, and over the restoration process of my car, it truly became, um, my car truly became part of the family, but that was also what I got at Christmas and birthdays was car parts. And so when I sit in my car, I feel like I'm with my entire family and with some, um, people who I who are no longer around who I feel like are very much family to me well and isn't that why you call in your, the car brings me closer your car is a special name why don't you share with us what the name of your car is uh, my car is named Maxine after my great grandma who is the um, the person that instilled the love of cars and Mustang specifically in my into my dad who then passed it down to me um, and so the, the name of the car pays tribute back to her, um, and the personality and attitude of my car very much match her personality and attitude. So it's very fitting. Well, Mike Ray and I just hope that there are hundreds and hundreds of more millennials that match your personality and attitude, Bradley Belcher. And we want to thank you for being our guest tonight on the Mustang Owners Podcast. And we want to continue to work closely with you to try to bring this, um, this wonderful hobby into the young person's realm because we want to pass the torch so that guys like you can be running the car clubs like Mike Ray's been running for so many more years to come and we can come watch you instead of the other way around. Are you willing to take, take on that mantle of being the next great leader of the Mustang world? Oh, absolutely. Well, there, there are plenty of leaders out there um, and it's going to take, it's going to take a lot of us. Um, so we'll just have to see, see what happens, but uh yeah, I'm I'm excited for Mustang to continue for many more years to come. Mike, you have to admit, we were blessed to have met Bradley and Michael, uh, as well as his father. And uh, we're blessed to have them working so hard in our community. We're going to lean on these young people, ladies and gentlemen, to help us find a way to interact more so that they can be more engaged in the, uh, the world we live in. Bradley Belcher may be a millennial, but he's got every bit the Mustang passion of any boomer I, I've ever met. And, uh, and and with that wonderful perspective, Mike, we've been pretty lucky to just to know. Absolutely. And uh, Bradley's entire family is all connected and all just amazing people. And yeah, it's a pleasure to know him and call him a friend. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed this little trip up memory lane instead of down memory lane. We're going to be making new memories with millennial Mustang owners. And I hope you enjoyed your talk with uh, Bradley Belcher. Don't forget to reach out to him should you want to uh, get some ideas from them. And I hope that sometime you'll be able to see Bradley's wonderful 65 Fastback Maxine at a show nearest you. Bradley, thanks again for coming on tonight. Thanks for having me. All right, my friends, uh, until that next time, when you see all these young people at your car show because of Bradley and guys like Mike Ray, just remember that we'll catch you next time down the road.